0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Nigeria Politics Weekly. As usual, my name is Michael, and co-hosting with me is Phoenix. Today we have two guests. Our first guest is Chidi. Chidi is a medical scientist with the Nigerian government. And our second guest is Cheta. Cheta is a partner at SBM Intelligence, one of Nigeria's leading political risk consultancies. We're going to be discussing three topics today. Our first topic is the inauguration of Governor Charles Saludo as the Anambra State Governor, which took place last week. And there was some drama that that, that followed that inauguration, but we'll discuss the uh, the whole drama as well as his inauguration. Secondly, we'll discuss the reinstatement of Governor May Malabuni as the chairman of the APC. And thirdly, we'll discuss the continued fuel or petrol and diesel scarcity and its consequences on the Nigerian economy. So firstly to Phoenix, Charles Saludo was inaugurated as governor of Anambra state. Is this an exciting time for the people of Anambra? Or are you cautiously, or are are you pessimistic? Or are you excited that good things are coming to the people of Anambra. Hi,
1: Michael, and um, hi, uh, Chidi and Cheta. Thanks for joining us this week. Hello, listeners. Um, uh, good to be having another episode. Um, I think, I think the how I feel is cautiously optimistic. Um, like, like I said, I thought he was the pick of the bunch. I, I truly, truly want him to succeed. I think. We need we need technocrats. Um, we need our brightest and best to step forward to want to step forward, and we need them to be seen as examples. such, such that if they do well, it shows that that's the path that we must go on. Um, and he's he's sort of started well. I, I I read his inauguration speech. I I mean, made all the right noises. Um, you know, talked about. Um, you know his plans for Anambra, uh, which which for me is, has always been a state with massive massive potential and um, and a state that has all that 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 I mean produced for me in my view since 99 the best best governor we had um, in Obi, and I and I'm, and I'm hoping that someone like Soludo can take them further um, I think Obiano took them to them back. To, uh, as far as I'm concerned, but I think, I mean, I, there are things I disag I've disagreed with Soludo on. Uh, no, no, not I mean, one one <laughs> that comes to mind is the, the letter he was writing in the in the lead up into t- the 2015 elections, and when he seemed to have pitched his tent with with the with the clowns that have destroyed the country. But um, there's no doubt in my mind that he has. The capability and he has the the know how to put the state in the right stead, and and so I'm cautiously optimistic that he would he would do the right thing, and that uh, he will find success. Of course, it's also a function of um, the context of the country, and uh, I mean, and he's still working within the the Nigerian constitution, but. But there are things that he can do, so let's let's see how how well he goes. There's also the insecurity issue, uh, which he which he has taken, which he has decided to take on head on, and I and I, I applaud him for that. And so, if he can make make continue to go in that path, and you know get the right team alongside him, hopefully he can succeed, and that provides a blueprint for the for the country
0: at large. Thank you. Phoenix, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you say you're cautiously optimistic. Is there anything he said, or is there any policy uh, that he's outlined that makes you think he's going to be different from his his uh, co-governors?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there are loads of things that he talked about, which is why I say I'm cautiously optimistic. This is Nigeria, after all. People say stuff, and you never know how, the, how they will turn out. So I'm looking at his antecedents. I mean, I'm looking at him... Um, from the time of uh, of needs to CBN governor, and no, no, but I, I mean specifically, and, and then I am looking at the things that he has said that he will do um, for Anambra and to set them on the path,
0: and most of it is quite sensible stuff. So, so yes, I am, I am. No, I mean, like, is there a specific example? Like, what what thing has he said he would do for Anambra? So, I, okay. If I remember, his uh,
1: there, there was this uh, there was this talk about um, working to increase IGR, for instance. I think he called out a number and talked about their lean resources. He talked about tech. He talked about um, you know setting them up. He 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 also so there were various things that he talked about. He talked about the standard things around you know we don't just want to be exporting um, produce. We want to be exporting finished products we we want to be able to uh, you know create a marketplace for made in anambra and all those kind of things he wants to bring um, development to the state and create jobs jobs that are high high impact jobs so that's that's the right thinking the question is will he will he execute will he or will he start giving excuses down the line so yes he is saying the right things so ludo is not one of your daft politicians, I don't know if they're left from right. The question why I'm cautious is, will he execute? I've never seen him in, a, in an executive capacity before. He was a, he was governor of the central bank. So there's a difference when you are now an executive governor and you now need to execute.
2: Okay.
0: Thank you, Phoenix. Let me go to Cheta. Cheta, apparently Charles Saludo has decided to retain the secretary to the state government who he inherited under Governor Obiano, his predecessor. And it's not clear if he's made any other appointments, but a number of Nigerians have been a bit, uh, I'd say annoyed that he's still retaining officials from Obiano's administration. What what, what is your take? Do you think it was the right thing to do?
3: So far so good, I think, Uh, and good evening. So far so good, I think it's,
0: I, I don't have um, an opinion
3: which regards his retention of um, Obiano's secretary. Um, however, in, when you talk of continuity, I think too many Nigerians have um, a, a, um, a misunderstanding of the fact that government is meant to be a continuum um now soludo is a technocrat everybody says so he's never running an executive capacity I mean even his um stewardship of um the CBN was at a time when there was a very strong personality called Obasandra's president who did, who did not um uh, kind of like the, uh, the way Buhari is um did not exactly respect the "Quote unquote independence of the CBN governor." Um, although Suludo himself proved strong enough to um, put some Chinese walls between the presidency and the central bank governorship, um, but that's another matter. Um, I think that there is a positive um, in 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 retention because continuity is very very um, uh, important. Um, it, it's, um, it's. I'm tr- I'm trying to find um, uh, uh, the right word here. Um, um, basically, from all that I know of, uh, um, Doctor Trukudi Okoli is also quite good at what he does, so. You shouldn't want to throw away the baby with the bath water if you have somebody that people speak well of. Um, uh, um, it's it's um, it's a very very um, important part of governance and i'm I'm happy that he indicated that he knows what he wants in retaining um, uh, uh, Dr. Coley. Having said that, um, like Phoenix said, there, there are a few things that Soludo did um, in, in the build up that gave me reason to pause. Um, so, um, certain statements, certain um, um, moves that were made. And I, some, some of those kind of theatrics make me uncomfortable. And it's, they, those kind of things make me put a pause. Um, I think that Soludo's key potential weakness is, um, is hubris. Professor Soludo is a very, very intelligent man, um, he has flown high his entire career. And in a Byzantine system such as we have in Nigeria, it's even worse at state levels than it is at federal levels. We have um, uh, governors who are essentially emperors within their regions, within their states. So the key risk is that Soludo may begin to believe his own hubris and may end up thinking that he has all the answers, he's coming on a groundswell of goodwill. That goodwill can very easily become his undoing. So I would prefer to sound a note of caution while hoping that he turns out to be a very good governor because the Southeast of Nigeria needs a very good governor at this point in time. Um, We've suffered from bad governance for quite a while now, at least since 2015, we've not had anything that passes for good governance in the Southeast. So we need good, we need, we need good governance um, because good governance is the way to begin to, um, to uh, overcome a lot of the uh, political problems that are facing the region right now. Um, so I wish Soludo all the best, but uh, given the fact that, I, that um, a lot of my work involves talking about risk, I, it's important to, turn, uh, to, um, to say these are my fears, these are key risks. He needs to learn to build consensus, which is something that um, is very important in a state like Anambra, um, but I'm a bit afraid that he doesn't quite know how to do. To build consensus, I wish him all the best and uh, hope that's um, that he would be he would be a very great governor from the Anambra
0: because um, we need such a person. Thank you, Cheta. Let me come to you, uh, Chidi. Chidi, I I know you're from the. I presume you're from the southeast of Nigeria. Are you excited that Saludo is going to be governor of Anambra State? And secondly. Is there anything you are hoping he will achieve? Is there one particular policy that you're hoping he will implement to make the state and perhaps the region uh, better?
2: Okay, can you hear me?
0: Oh, yes, we can hear you, Chidi.
2: Yes, I'm from the Southeast. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, and I'm not. First of all, I'm excited because Soludo being a, the governor of a place like Anambra State is a big departure from the caricature. I'm sorry, can I use the word caricature and calling someone from the caricature that just left Obiano? You know, we had um, we had uh, Peter Obi, and someone like Peter Obi, you know, as big as Peter Obi in all ramifications. And then we had somebody like Obiano. So there's a big departure from Obiano and uh, Soludo. I'm excited in that uh, light. However, we are in Nigeria. And even all over the world, Tupac said politicians are hypocrites. I'm not overtly excited. Again, I'm excited because it's Soludo. He it has his um, cons, his pros and cons. Cheta mentioned one, which is hubris. It's just like in Smogaloo, they are the same, they are one in the pod, the same kind of people. from their intelligence but they have this pride and if you're a very proud person you would never learn so Saluda has said a lot he plans doing for the people of Anambara I wish him the best I hope he follows through to the end not disappoint the people of Anambara because Anambara people need something different from the past eight years of um, Obiano so that looks like someone that, that would deliver but I hope he listens to people. Uh, one thing I'm not comfortable about what he's done uh, before he's swearing in was saying people should apply if they want political jobs, even the place in America people who, who Biden appointed to keep positions are party members who worked towards his victory. So I don't understand how people work with you to achieve victory and you start telling them to apply for jobs. You should recognize who and who amongst those people can fit into your portfolio and, or any portfolio rather, and pick them. So that is actually one of the um, parts of... Um, How do I put this in? I'm sorry. It's my first time here. One of the um, things I'm not really comfortable about because it speaks so much of his uh, of something to do with pride. But all in all, I am, let me keep it at 50, let me say I'm 50% hopeful, like he would deliver. I hope he disappoints me and takes it higher than that. But I wish him the best, too.
0: Thank you, Chili. So to my Second question is: Which is is there one thing you want him to do? Is there any particular policy you would like to see him implement in Anambra State?
2: Okay. Um, uh I'm I'm from the southeast. But I grew up in the north, so I'm from. Okay, I can't give away my state. I don't really know much about Anambra State, but all in all, we all need revenue to do everything So well, he talked about generating uh more, more revenue for his state He should start with that then also give give um give the state give the office of the governor and first lady <laughs> some type of um, lifting. i'm trying to very very i want to use some words Opiano and his wife made that office, something else. There was no, it was, uh, there was no respect. So, uh, uh, Saluda so is someone who's always carried himself that way. So he should give the office some kind of respect, return the respect to the office of the governor and first lady, and also Uh, Follows through with his revenue collection drive so he can do, because we we all need money to work, so he can um, fulfill his promises to the people of Anambra State, basically.
0: Thank you, Chidi, for this. Let me just quickly go to Cheta. Cheta, I think you quickly wanted to uh, respond in one minute, please. Cheta?
3: Yeah, so um, Sulu, in his inauguration speech, talked about... um, a 50-year a development plan and a manifesto for a greater Anambra. What I would like him to do is to recognize the unique position Anambra occupies. Anambra is perhaps with um, aside from Lagos, it's Nigeria's most urban states. Um if the 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 donation um actually stretches from um Isileazaba in Delta and all the way to Oka, once you, once you descend from Israel, Azaba in Delta, and it's a, it's a straight, it's, pre- it's pretty much urban all the way. And it's, it's a potentially industrial area. It includes Newe, it includes Unicha, Um. it includes Asaba. So he needs to pursue more integration because if, for example, given the fact that the Senate has, um, that this, the National Assembly has, um, has sort of accepted that things like trains, could be built by states and electricity. It's, a, it's an opportunity for Anambra and Delta states to get real all the way to worry. And that will bring, um, bring a lot of traffic um, from, there's a potent worry. So if you can start having movement of goods directly from worry, it, it reduces the time of transit of goods from Lagos and actually will be, be a major shot in the arm for Onitsha. Oh, I was also very happy about his announcement banning um, um agueros. They have become a menace in nature. I'm from that, I'm from around there, so I know very well the kind of trouble that's uh, that um that agueros cause in nature. I mean, the last time I was there, I was stuck in one kind of stupid traffic for what eight hours because agueros had cost something, and people were protesting. So that is something that he, he had that he has started off well on and it should be enforced.
0: Thank, thank you for this, Cheta. Let's hope the gov- governor listens to this podcast and maybe perhaps he'll listen to you and implement some of these policies. But to Phoenix, there was something that the Nigerian media, I, I think we would just, we'll say, we'll say there was some drama at the inauguration, but the Nigerian media would say there was a mild drama at the inauguration. Um, governor, Former governor Obiano's wife, um, Ebele Ebele Obiano got up, walking like <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe. He, I think she was she was prancing from her seat to uh, the seat of Bianca Ojuku, the wife of the late Chukwemeke Ojuku, the leader of the Biafra, uh, former Biafra state. She walked up to him. And there was some sort of altercation. And in Bianca's words, she said she gave Ebile a dirty slap. So, Phoenix, can you focus... I'm trying to understand, like, what, what, is, what is a dirty slap as opposed to a normal slap? And secondly, why, why was Ebile Biano prancing from her seats uh, like some sort of peacock going to attack uh, her, Bianca? Like, what, what, what triggered this drama, Phoenix?
1: Fortunately, on this particular matter, I have no idea. I I, I only see what, uh, I mean, everyone was seeing the videos that were going around on WhatsApp. and uh, Indeed, uh, I, I guess a dirty slap means a resounding slap because <laughs> it looked like she put some effort into it. Um, but I have no idea what the issues were between them that caused uh, Mrs. Obiani to go over to, to her. Um, but I thought it was a public display that was beneath both of them and uh, I'm just I'm just I'm happy that it didn't derail the whole inauguration but as far as I'm concerned it's a non-issue. Well,
0: thank you Phoenix. Let me ask Cheta. Cheta, is, was this a non-issue? What what was the drama behind, behind this? you agree with Phoenix that it's a non-issue or is there something fundamental going on?
3: Um, on a good day, I would have agreed with, with uh, Phoenix that it's a non-issue. Um, however, it's, it was a blight on the, on the ceremony. Um, it showed, it was um, a display of um, a loss of self-control and in as much as uh, in that whole drama, I, my sympathies lie with Bianca because I know a lot about the backstories. Um, in a normal country, she actually should have been charged for assault. Um, having said that, um, the, when you have a situation where you, um, uh, Mrs. not called Bianca Nkita, um, and uh, I, would, <laughs> I would let Shidi to, um, to translate that for you into English so that, uh, you, and, and not just because it's not a, uh, it's, it's the import of calling her that, um is actually very it's it, 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 it's it's be, it was beneath the office that she occupied um and uh given um a lot of stories had come out over the eight years that her husband was in office she used to be very violent towards people um she she basically Um, brought the office of the First Lady into disrepute. And um, this was um, uh, an ignominious end to um, someone who had besmirched the position of First Lady of Annabra State. Um, Having said that, I mean, um, like I said, my sympathies are with Bianca. Personally, I think Bianca did well. But um, re- removing my um, sympathies in a normal country, uh, in, in in normal situation, it was
0: all unbecoming. And there should have at least been a charge. Thank you, Cheta. Um, Chidi, I don't know if you followed the, as the Nigerian media would say, the, the mild drama. Why, why did she prance up to Bianca like that and... What, what 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 were your thoughts when you saw the whole incident? What...
2: You know, first of all, everyone saw it and went, whoa. I mean, I'm someone who believes in boundaries. You don't come that close to anybody, especially in such an aggressive manner. You don't come that close. You know, I watched, I played that video. You know, so many videos have been going around. There's one that's about um, 30 think about 30 minutes so I played it I counted her steps she took nine steps walking that way mischievously she was going to look for trouble she walked to Bianca and she was in front of Bianca she was right you know there's this um that canopy curtain that was covering uh, the entire thing but we could see from the side but she walked so close to Bianca look at Bianca and there, there you had um Mrs. Obiano she was in Bianca's face for 10 seconds. I, I would slap her. I don't know how to slap her, I don't know. But I would, definitely, I would definitely push anybody who comes that close to me. There's something called boundary. And for, like Cheta mentioned, for someone in that office, that's what I, um, what I meant earlier on when I said that Saludo should restore back the, the respect of the office of the First Lady of Anambra State, Dito His. You know, because the man, the husband, um, uh, Obiano and his wife are like an American safari; they're one and the same person. So that's what I meant by that. No self-respecting person will stand up in such a in such a place. Her husband was there. To go assault, because for, as far as I'm concerned, there's something called verbal assault. You call me a dog. That's I mean of thinking that doesn't mean nothing, Kita. What does she mean by dog? Then later on, she said a in front of her husband, in front of all the people. So that slap, that dirty slap was well-deserved. He got it well. I don't know, I'm not sure if I would have slapped, but I know I would definitely push anyone who comes that close to me, talking in my case. For 10 seconds, she was in Bianca's face until Bianca stood up. And Bianca said why she slapped her was because she said she wanted to go for a hair tie. People are saying it's Bianca, it's a he says, she says matter. It, it's Bianca's words against uh, Ebele Obiano. But I believe it because of the way Bianca stood up. She was sitting down for a very long time. And someone goes, I'll remove your head now. That's, I, I believe, I think that's why she got up that way. Nobody should come to anybody's face that close. And the woman is, like. I just think what happened to her with the slab, because it could have been anything else. I think what happened to her with the slab is karma. Someone who who's alleged—I don't know how true because I was not there to so have slapped the deputy governor of a state, and she goes slapping people back and forth. So I'm sure many people will slap her in future. So I don't think it's, i am. Maybe the non-issue is over. Maybe the non-issue is over. We shouldn't really dwell on it because uh, Tango didn't take the shine off the the um, of the the, the swearing-in ceremony. But they are—they are saying I don't know how true that is. That it was actually premeditated to 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 to, to mess up Soludo's event. That's why her husband sat all through. But well, I just think she's um you know what we say in in Nigeria she passed her husband because even when her husband would have stopped the way she talked to him, it, it gives you an insight into how they live in their house. A woman who is that aggressive outside, has no respect for her husband. So I think the slap thing is karma, and I'm sure many people slap her right now that she's out of office, but my sympathy lies with Bianca too. You don't go calling a woman a show. Uh, uh, Chetta said that uh, in Sina clients, Bianca should be charged. She should be charged too for calling me a prostitute and a dog calling Bianca a prostitute if you're going to look at it that way so I just think uh she got served that's basically all I have to say about this
0: thank you <laughs> thank you Chidi and Cheta for for elaborating on the uh on the incident I just want to make clear that on, on this podcast we don't we don't believe people should be giving each other whether clean or dirty slaps and we also think uh uh, from my perspective, anyway, it seemed like a scene from uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Not, not, not that I watch such frivolous programs, or, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like something from one of those uh, shows. So I think let's hope. Like, but when Chitty I came
3: has... when, when I came to your house, it was on. now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have. I don't watch such frivolous programs, Chatta. But uh, let's hope, as Chidi says. Uh, Charles Saludo and his wife bring some dignity to the office of governor of a State, So we don't, we don't have these dramas in future. But on to our next topic, which is the reinstatement of governor May Mala Buni as the APC's chairman. Phoenix, what is going on? Um, last week or the week before, Nasir Orufai was on TV boasting that Buhari had given them the authority to remove Buni as the chairman, and they were therefore taking control of the party and bringing back some sanity. Then Buni is now said to have re emerged, and Buhari has then brought him back as chairman. So, can you talk us through the confusion, Phoenix? Is it a fine line, or is Buhari uh, giving contradictory instructions to two different groups? <laughs> the way you ask that question can you talk us through confusion
1: as, as if I'm partying to the court <laughs> <laughs> well no I, I think it's just it's just hilarious I, I mean I, I remember when we were talking about this was it last week or the week before and and all the drama that has been going on in, in I think it was last week going on in APC so it was quite interesting to have Wari come back and upturn and um what he seemed to have done. Now, with El, El Rufai, you never know, right? So I would like to think that, I mean, there must have been a hint that Buhari was in support of removing uh, Boni for El Rufai to have gone on air. But then again, it's El Rufai; You never know what game he's playing. I and mean, he's not exactly known to be someone that is, uh, that is truthful or, or his actions are above board. So you, you never can tell. But I I think the actions that were being taken, especially with Belo making moves and, and changing people, surely there must have been some indication that Buhari <laughs> was in support. Now, we then saw this picture that surfaced while Buhari was in London that showed Buhari, Buni, and Adamo-Adamo uh, together. And so one should not be surprised that uh, all of a sudden, I've heard that Buhari has a has an affection for Bouni sort of like, I mean, he sees him as one of his guys. So maybe one should not be surprised that all of a sudden he comes out, he comes back and and seemingly changes his mind and changes it with force because he actually wrote a letter and, and you know, a strongly wrote a letter to the chairman of the governor's forum and, you know, making it clear that, I mean, any governor that, uh, creates this unity, blah, 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 and was copying SSS, police, all all that kind of stuff. But it just it just goes to to back to what we've talked about, I think, over the last couple of weeks, um, about APC coming coming up out of the seams. Um this this was never a party based on ideology, it was never a party based on on um common long-term interests. There was a short-term interest, I mean we've all been bashed one way or the other by PDP. Individually, we do not stand a chance to remove this behemoth from power. If we come together, we can remove them, and then we'll figure out how we all participate. So they they cobbled together, strange bed fellows. They went after them. They got power. But then it started to come apart. First, you saw. Saraki tried to actualize his ambition to be senior president. Some people didn't want it because they already had some people in mind, blah blah blah. And, and since then, we've seen we've seen the party come apart. Now it's it's going to be exacerbated now that Buhari is on his way out, and people are jostling to um, to replace him. And, uh, and that means they need to take control of the party structure. And, and he's also trying to make sure that his, his will is done in the sense that I still, have, I still hold the power and I want to be the one to secure my legacy and blah, blah, blah. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But um, I'd, I'd expected that this year there will be a lot of drama and there'll be a lot of <laughs> lot for us to laugh about the APC. And, uh, and um, I, I would really like to see them implode. Um, as as just deserts for what they've put Nigerians through in the last seven years. I I, I, I mean, I've been very vocal in my position that they, they, they shouldn't find themselves back in power at the center, um, but uh, we'll see how it goes.
0: Thank you, Phoenix. Cheta, what is this fight really about? Because I don't understand why the same party; they're all governors. Keep trying to remove each other as chairman of their party. What? So what? What? what fundamentally, is going on? Why are they so keen to get Booney out of the party uh, of the chairmanship position? Cheta, Cheta, are you there? Yeah. Can you, can you hear us, Cheta? No, I think we've lost Cheta. Are you there?
3: I'm hearing, can you hear me?
0: Oh, yeah, we can hear you now. Hear okay, you.
3: yeah. Now, um, if you cast your mind back to the first podcast, to your first podcast of the year, when I was a guest, I did talk about the fact that um, the APC would implode um, as the elections come nearer. Um, there are some there are some strands I would like to bring out in what has just happened um, the first thing is that buhari generally is unconcerned about stuff um, about st- who, who succeeds him in general terms it is the people who exercise power in his name that are um, interested in who in what happens so what that means is that the biggest currency right now, within the APC circles, is access to Buhari. And Buni just showed that. Buhari happens to be in London when the El Rufai crew did what they did. And what did Buni do? He simply got on a plane, went to see Buhari, and that was that. Secondly, the people around Buhari, again, I'll keep using that expression, interested in, in succeeding him or putting somebody that they believe they can control to succeed him, because this is about direct access to state resources and state capture. Basically, what we're seeing is people making moves in order to protect their ill-gotting gains of the last eight years, the last seven years, if we want to be accurate. And it's not going to be pretty, because what will happen is following the convention, which, if memory serves me, should be in less than, it should be in six days from now that we're recording, unless something on something changes. People who fall out are going to start trying to defect or going to start leaking stuff. It will not be pretty. Yes, there's the Schadenfreude aspect of it where we... Um, some of us will want to, uh, to enjoy what is happening to the APC because of what they have put Nigerians through. But the problem is that in their meltdown, they are taking large sections of the country along with them. And it will not be pretty. Things aren't working in this country as we speak. A lot of things have gone wrong. Um, I think that the last move by um, uh, the the 5 crew, as it were, was to prevent the emergence of certain kinds of candidates. And right now it looks like the coast is clear for such candidates to emerge. So we probably are going to see um, um, people like uh, the jacoban of Lagos uh, Bolatin Ubu throwing his toys out of the pram after the convention and that will be nasty just to put it very lightly it's it's just it's it's something that's um, uh, that's, that's kind of frightens me but I think it's also important to point out little things. Buhari moves decisively when it, con- when it concerns him. Uh, or let me rephrase again, the people around Buhari. If you see the letter in which um, what that was sent saying that Buni was back in, I found very interesting the fact that the CC'd the Inspector General of Police and the Director General of the DSS. That was instructive. That was essentially a coded message threatening to use the state apparatus to settle a party matter. And I gather that today, Ali Sherif has pulled out of the APC chairman, chairmanship race. That's the kind of message that was sent with that letter. That's, oh, we know where all your bodies are buried. If you don't do what we want you to do, we will use it against you. That kind of misuse of state power is problematic. Buhari will be gone regardless in 14 months' time. What happens with all of these kind of precedents that have been set? What happens with the kind of precedent that has been set where the attorney general of the country, who is notorious for disobeying court orders nilly willy Rushes to obey a, the order of a lower court that sort of sets aside a provision made by the National Assembly. And all the lawyers I have spoken to about that particular order, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, all the lawyers I've spoken to about it say the same thing: that there is no way that order could have been procured. Um, that's, there's no way that's, uh, that's, that's all that that order could have been done legally in that space of time with that speed, that there's something fishy about it. All of these things are precedents which somebody else will use. So the big problem that I, that I keep, um, uh, well, I, I don't have too many friends left in the APC, but the few who I still have, the big issue, the key, big question I, I always ask them whenever we, we get to talk is, these things that you are doing, if you are out of power and your political opponent, whether the person is currently in the EPC now or in the PDP, if you are out of power and your opponent is doing it, will you like it? And that's the, the fundamental problem, the fundamental thing that we need to answer because these things are setting precedents that will only bring more trouble
0: in future. Thank you, Cheta. I just have a quick follow-up question. In your view, all these political schemings, is there a candidate that the people who support Buni are trying to impose on the party? And then the governors who are opposing Buni, is there a candidate that they are rallying around?
3: So the the um, so at, at this point, what I'm saying is just based on hearsay that I have spoken with, um, that I've gathered from people who in some cases have access uh, and who in some cases are serious political watchers. The Buni crew have been mandated to sort of like bring in the former president, Jonathan, into the mix um, for whatever reason. Again, I would put that caveat that this is hearsay. It's, it's, it sounds plausible um, feeling that then they would probably fall behind the CBN governor. Again, hearsay, but it appears to be so. Um, the Air crew appear to be supportive of uh, Roti Miyamichi, or the vice president, one of the two of them.
0: Oh, thank you for the clarification. We'll, uh, we note your 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 caveats, and we'll see in time which whether the stories you've heard will turn out to be correct. Now,
2: uh,
0: Chidi, okay. you you obviously work for the Nigerian government, and so you're probably based in Abuja. Is this excessive or this constant politicking by the APC? Is it affecting governance in your view?
2: Definitely. Uh, I don't want to give away a lot of things. I'm in the middle right there. (laughs) Sure, it's affecting our government. It has always affected government. Because at this point, what have they been doing since January? It's basically uh, talking about their um, convention, which they failed to hold since they came into power. So it's definitely, definitely affecting government because it's a power grabbing um, period as for 2023. So nobody's basically working. Buni, yeah, all, uh, two weeks ago, when that coup against um, Buniya happened, so, can I call it a coup? <laughs> uh it by a fight. A number, basically all APC governors were in Abuja. Now tell me, if they congregate in Abuja, how do you, how, uh, there, there won't be any governance going on, do you understand? So it's definitely, definitely affecting governance. They left their state, India, they left their state just lying fallow. Nothing is going on. You and I know how they treat their, their deputies. Now they come to Abuja and obstruct the governance in Abuja. So, that is why the country is where it is. No, Nothing is going on. And if I would add to the question you asked, Cheta, I refer to, first of all, I don't, um, since APC came into power, it's either with this policy somersault or the other. So I am very sure, or should I, or should I say I can, I don't, okay, let's see, I can be say, I can, I can say rather, I'm sorry, I can say I'm very sure um, Buhari gave that order. The chest in which Rufai was talking. But you know, they've always said, since this government came into power, they say this thing and come back and say, that's not what they said, that's not what we mean. That's not how we said it. We, we're not trying to say it this way. You guys misunderstood what we said. Then secondly, Erufai has not been someone who's known to... ever wakes up and says anything. He lies and he expects people to believe. No shame. He lies. Imagine what they did during, um, during Jonathan's time. That's why we are where we are right now. They said so much, so many lies going on. Oh. He, he, he lies. Okay, should I continue?
0: No, no, no. Yes, please carry on It's you...
2: Okay, he lies a lot. So well, um, I, I, uh, there's a possibility that Buhari gave that order. Because he said he was on TV. You know how he talks. He was on TV saying Buhari told them to remove Buni, this and that and that. And right now, Ida, because you know he's very angry from the news. We gathered that he said he's going to leave the, he may he may leave APC. So like Cheta mentioned, since this government started, it's all about who is close, who can get Access to Buhari, who is close to Buhari, who can get access to him. They, he was played. Buhari told them to remove uh, Buni. Buni got through to Buhari, and everything was reversed. That's why he's this angry. He feels played because he's always been the player. He feels played. And just like Phoenix mentioned, uh, Phoenix mentioned, uh, I can't wait for this party to self destruct, to implode. Like I can't wait for them to destroy and burn each other. All uh, one, all of them for one another. Because what this government, this 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 party, has caused to this country, I don't know if it will will ever get back. Until Jesus comes, I don't even, I don't think we ever go back to something, sane. So I hope they, they 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 destroy each other, which will definitely happen. That's why they've not been able to have a convention since they came into power. I hope they destroy each other and. I just even hope that PDP will look at the loophole and hammer because that's um APC plain opposition for, for PDP. I just hope people may say PDP and APC are the same. I I I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But let's um go back to this. I hope PDP um looks at the loophole that um PDP, APCs having and hammers into government because that's the only way they can. We can't afford another one two. We can't afford another six months of this party. They have no ideology. They have. They don't have any plan. They actually just came. They came together to remove um, Jonathan. And after removing, you know how it is when the enemy of my enemy, they were, they were not, they were not friends. They were not friends at all. All of them, they were not friends. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. They don't came together. I removed Jonathan. That was actually the only thing they wanted to do to remove Jonathan. After removing Jonathan, it's been from one problem to another. So hopefully they leave, they leave Nigeria alone in 2023 so that governance, can continue going back to your question so that governance can continue. I'm sorry, I'm I'm stammering. I'm just so upset, and I'm trying not to say things that I I, I want I want to really say.
0: No, thank you, uh, Chini, for your insightful contributions. It's interesting that uh, Nasir Rafi keeps coming up. It, it seems like it's the story of the boy who always cried wolf. Nobody knows if Rafi is lying or if he was bluffing. But between him and Buhari somebody's clearly lying. But on to our final topic, which is to Phoenix. The continued scarcity of diesel and petrol seems to be taking its toll on ordinary Nigerians. There are stories on social media of people now rushing to work just to charge their phones and enjoy some air conditioner before they rush back to their homes. And the climax was uh, Tony Olumelu, the former I think, or the current chairman of UBA was on Twitter complaining about the uh, general state of the economy, the shortage of fuel, and also the fact that I think he said over 90% of oil that is supposed to be pumped through one of the key pipelines is actually uh, stolen. So what do you make of this, uh, Phoenix? Is this a step change that prominent businessmen are now calling out the government or So, what are your general thoughts,
1: Phoenix? I think When when I first saw the thread, I I, I mean, I remembered this uh, Brazilian uh, soap opera that was was Brazilian, I think, Uh, the rich also cry. I was like, okay, now now we're... we're, Mexican. Thank you. I knew it was was either Brazilian or Mexican. (laughs) That was what popped into my head. I was like, okay, what's happening? Now we're seeing uh, billionaire activists or what? But well, you see, it's it's always this thing about messenger, messenger. I mean, it, it, clearly the things he was saying are, are not out of place. I mean, calling out exactly the issues that we have in the country, um, calling out the the fact that it is gov- bad governance uh, that has led to a lot of the challenges that we have. Um. But of course, you know people. People will people will look at it with cynicism and say, "Of course, he will complain about oil theft." Being that he has a significant investment in that in that space, um, and in any case, he has he has he has always been quite close to to government, and uh, and has uh, I'm sure that relationship has benefited him. I mean, it's not easy to get an oil block, so you have to have some influence there. So people are also wondering. Why, you know, using that influence to tell the people that you normally hobnob with um, these things that you are coming to tell us on Twitter. I mean, I think if 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 he truly means it, he has the means and he has the friends, they should put themselves together and go and find a way to to finance somebody to to put competence people in in, in, in office. But I mean, it is the story of Nigeria, where we're in a place where. I mean, we're just talking about APC and their confusion and what 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 they've brought to the country in the last seven years. This is this is the this is this is the, this is, this is part of the outcome. I mean, you have a situation where um, bad fuel came into the country because our I mean, the refusal to let. Um, to deregulate and let the efficient market practices ensure that we have the products that we need. The government puts, keeps a stranglehold on, on this and and that creates um, sort of like a monopoly for your NNPC, which is chronically inefficient. And then it spirals into several other things with the issues that you then, when you then have issues in the global context, it makes it worse. Of course, diesel is already deregulated, so that's not the issue. But you know, when 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 supply issues come, and with with already the challenges that you have in the country it becomes becomes worse, and then we have the at the same time you are having power issues. I was just telling someone maybe a week or two ago that that is the number one crime that I that I hold against this government, apart from several other things. I mean, two recessions, and I mean, you know how much I. I put stock in, 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 in the economy and economics. But the fact that we have not added a single megawatt to our distribution, talkless of even generation or, or, or transmission, since in seven years is criminal. It's criminal. And so we get to this point where where we are almost a decade after all the um, generating plants were sold off by the company after the reforms and, and everything about the privatization and all of that, we're nowhere better off than where we were. So with the issues in the power sector, with the issues with, with getting, um, uh, petroleum products, we are creating a very difficult operating environment for people, for businesses, and it, it just it just spirals into, you know, more economic hardship, poverty, you know, loss of jobs and employment and all those things, and then of course spirals into social, social, uh, social economic issues like you know, crime. And and things like that. So you, you we, I mean going back to Chetan's point about the, how much they're pulling down the country and how and such a difficult uh, place that we're in. But the likes of Tony Elumelu, I I I really don't have any sympathy for him. Like I said, he said the right things, but he has the means to go find to go find like minds, and and try to help Nigeria. So let's hope that I mean him coming out. Showing his frustration, he will actually try to do something about it, But he is right. Nigerians needs to understand that the twenty twenty three elections are how would I put it? They, they are an existential issue for this country. We we need to find the bright people and put them in place to to try to begin to. You can't correct the nonsense that has happened because when you have when you have. A bad run for so long, it takes a while for you to come out of it. I mean, look at look at um, the the period of the military up until 1999. Obasanjo's first term was practically, you know, clawing and scratching. And until they got the lease of life, like halfway into his second term, with the with the debt write off and all of that, that's what spurred the growth that then took off afterwards. So it takes time for you to undo nonsense that has happened. But you at least need a new set of people who know what they're doing and who are committed to doing the right things, you know, like we like we're hoping that Soludo will do in Anambra to come in now and at least begin to chart a new course. You will take them some time to come out of it, but at least stop the bleeding. At least. So it's very important that Nigerians begin to think, think like that and uh, Find
0: find the right uh, things to do for twenty twenty three. Thank you, uh, Phoenix. Let me go to Cheta now. Cheta, I'd, I'd like to you to expand more on one of the issues that Tony Olumelu raised, which is the fact that he said ninety five percent of the oil being pumped from the Niger Delta is stolen. Is this correct? And how is this happening, Cheta?
3: Um. Okay, so I think it's um I, I think I think it's important to put certain things in context. Um 95% of the oil pumped from inland, uh, for, uh, from onshore, is possible that it's stolen. Um in June 2019, I gave an interview to Bloomberg where I said that um, give or take about 10% at the time of Nigeria's total oil production was being stolen. I remember that very clearly because um, when I gave that interview and it's uh, Bloomberg published it, um, the usual suspects on social media came out and called me all sorts of names. Uh, yeah. And then a few months later, the National Economic Council, and it was the uh, Edo State Governor at the time who who made that state who made that statement. Um uh, I think it was uh, three months later, came out and said that it was more like 15 percent, and everybody kept quiet. Um so this was already a problem then. And fast forward three years you, if you notice there has been a sort of acceleration of um, international oil companies selling onshore assets to um to uh, to local companies and and hightailing it out of the nigerian um uh, the nigerian space as in and it's important to put this in context, there's a dichotomy between offshore and onshore. Piracy. We know that there's a problem in piracy, and that the Gulf of Guinea, where Nigeria is, is the global hotspots. A few days ago, the presidential spokesman, Garba Shehu, came out, and I mean, for quite a while now, the uh, various government people have been making a lot of noise about the fact that piracy in the Gulf of Guinea has gone down. It has, really. But there are two things that they don't point out. Number one, global piracy has actually gone down since the COVID pandemic. So there's a possibility that a lot of it is uh, is because of um, reduced shipping activities. But also for the Gulf of Guinea specifically, you have a lot of um, people for example, the Danes, Denmark are very active in patrolling the Gulf of Guinea now. The second thing that they don't talk about is that internal piracy on shore has gone up significantly. So for example, in October last year, fishermen in Ibaka, which is a community in Umbo local government area of Akwa Ibom State, actually held a protest because routinely their fishing engines get stolen. And this is a problem that is happening routinely in Ibom, Bayelsa, and um, uh, uh, Delta. In short, in Delta, police stations, maritime police stations routinely get attacked. Essentially, the Nigerian state has surrendered security in the Niger Delta to non-state actors. And those non-state actors are getting paid via oil theft. It's just that this is just what is happening. Unfortunately, people like Mr. Elumelu did not do their due diligence before getting in on the act. Before getting in, he had always wanted to get um, involved in the oil business and uh, the late Abakiri was the stumbling block. It took him a lot. He, He expended a lot of his social capital in getting in on it only to get in there and it's not all that it seems to be, that he expected it would be, which is the reason he was complaining. Having said that, the fact of the matter is interests have to align. Um, I think one thing that for a long time we've we've gotten very wrong in Nigeria is we expect people to do things out of the goodness of their hearts. No, it should be because our interests align. Right now, we've reached a point where the interests of Nigeria's elites should be able to align with the interests of Nigeria's normal people. The question is, how can we make it work? Um, I think the third thing I want to, put, uh, to uh, bring out is um, a lot of people are conflating the, um, the current petrol scarcity and diesel scarcity, like they are the same thing. They are not there's a global diesel glut, uh, that's not glut, uh, global diesel scarcity, and it is brought about because of um, uh, uh, the situation in uh, Russia and Ukraine. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually going to begin to hit. So for those of you, for example, uh, Phoenix and Gege that live in the, in the Western world, you are going to start seeing shortages of diesel if this war lasts longer especially if the chinese begin to hold more china china actually refines a good percentage of the world's diesel and exports it and they are they are beginning to hold because of um, of uh of the um global glots uh, all right why do i keep saying the, uh, global supply issues um the petrol issue on the other hand is quite different um and I think it's worth taking a step back to look at what is public knowledge on that issue because it's very important. It shows where we, where we to use the pidgin English expression, it shows where we the sheets for church for Nigeria. The NMPC is near omnipotent when it comes to importation of fuel in Nigeria. And adulterated products were discharged through papa in the week of January 24th to 30th. And from there, we distributed to major market in, uh, marketers from Duke Oil. This is what Moman said, Major Marketers Association of Nigeria. Um, the Duke Oil is the NMPC's international trading arm. The first cases of engines, car engines, being affected by the adulterated petrol were reported one week later. And despite all the song and dance that was made about punishing the people that were responsible, till today, today is twentieth of March. Nobody has been punished. This is two months later. Essentially, eight weeks after the bad batch was in, in, imported. If we had any strategic reserve, what's the name? This should never have happened, but we don't have a strategic reserve. And that's where, that's where the issue is. Like petrol, like diesel, like food, lack of strategic reserves, lack of storage facilities is killing us badly. And we need to do something about it. But I don't even know whether we have the... the in its mental capacity to even do anything about it. So let me stop here before I, before I uh, descend into your hands.
0: Thank you, uh, Cheta, for your insightful analysis of the issues. My final question goes to Chidi. Chidi, I know you're in Nigeria. How are you and your colleagues surviving this uh, diesel and Petrol scarcity, or how are the ordinary Nigerians you're observing on day to day? How what are they doing to to cope in in, the, in these difficult times?
2: It's really bad. Uh, it's really bad. Uh, do you know uh, even some government offices? I know some girl who worked in a. Let me not call the name a federal government agency. And they uh, was it? I can't remember if it was. Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, they got to work, and there was no light, and there was no diesel, so they closed. they went home. They waited for a bit, and uh, the, the, the heat was too much. They had to go home. then in um, when you talk about um, the pockets of the ordinary Niger- of ordinary Nigerians uh, purchasing power has drastically reduced. a lot of people are not if you had 100k. I remember Cheta, was it you? We wrote something last year on your, I think mid last year beginning of last year, 2021, on your Twitter handle, you said something. If you have hundred K, if you have 100 k in January, it's about 80 now. Yes, I think 100 k of last me. year is like 20,000 now or 30.
3: It was me, yes. Because
2: things have gone up. There's astronomical where right, every day. Okay, Cheta, you remember, right? Every day, you yes, I do. Yeah, every day go to the market. Things something you bought 1,000, let's say last week, Saturday, maybe one, three on Friday or on Thursday. It's crazy. It's affecting a lot of people. People don't have money. That's why you have crime all over the country. Let me tell you how it affected me personally. Last week, Monday. On yeah, Monday after work, I think about eight o'clock. I was on my way back home and the queue was quite long. I wanted to buy fuel. And I was like, okay, since they've told them to, stay, to start selling till midnight, it's just not far from me, about two minutes drive, I was going to go back and buy fuel. Getting back there, why I, I said it, I why I I remember the 8 p.m. was I branched a supermarket and bought something. And I bought fuel. I always took off my I don't live like very far from my workplace. So and with the foil cast, they hardly go anywhere. I don't need to go to. So most times, before now, I took off my fall every weekend. So it's still my routine. I bought fuel. And for some reason, <laughs> I the balance from my previous that game from 8 to was less, over 20k. And because I've always not scared, yeah, not because I have too much money, no. When I go, since this thing started last year, this crazy inflation started last year, when I go to buy something, as long as I can afford it, I don't complain. Not because I have the money, I just don't want to suffer from depression or suffer depression rather. So I just buy and leave. There's money in my account, I pay and go. But that day, I came back home and started thinking, this thing has been in the back of my mind. I've been suffering from this thing. I've been having this problem of things are, are really expensive but because I can afford it I just pay because the way I reacted looking for 20,000 I don't I don't I don't want to even believe it eventually I found out that I transferred money mistakenly to somebody more money than I should so I'm talking about some I've worked for a number of years I've been able to I'm kind of comfortable imagine a lot of people people beg money all over the damn place there's no money anywhere people don't even have money, talk more of fuel, then there's no light. People, there's a lady that's supposed to pay me some money. She runs hotels in Lagos. She was supposed to give me that money. I can't remember, was it last week? And she said, she's sorry, this diesel problem is about crumbling her entire business. That's just one person. Some government offices are not opening. People's livelihoods are threatened. That's why there's crime all over the place. That's why people are believing that when they kill somebody for juju, they'll get money. It's a sad, sad, sad situation. A lot of people in Nigeria are suffering from depression because things are not working. People are living in fear. People are anxious. People don't know what tomorrow will bring. What you have today will not be enough for you tomorrow. Then what you're earning, your pay has not increased. So it's really a sad, 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 bad situation no light, Okay, if you live in a place where our, um, our, our service charge is now, they're increasing our service charge. They're increasing service charge. This is something that used to be how much for, for how many years now. But for the past uh, one or two weeks, they can't keep up. And I, for instance, I live in a place where there's constant light, But this thing has affected me. There's constant light. So we just I do, the money we even pay for service charges, uh, I don't know. It's not something they really spend for diesel. Well, right now, I believe they spend it for the past three weeks. Right now, they don't even give you light the way they used to. I'm talking about me. I'm slightly comfortable. There are a lot of Nigerians who are suffering. If government offices can't put diesel in their, in their, to power their office, they should know how bad it is. I'm talking of Abuja. Now, imagine places. Abuja is an urban area. Imagine the villages. People are really, really suffering. So it's bad. I don't know who brought this, these people to Nigeria. I don't know. It's really a very bad situation. And nobody's in charge. That's the annoying thing. Nobody is in charge. Since January, we've had... My, my, this thing. fault my car. It's fault my, my fuel pump. What do they call it? Pump. I changed a lot of things in my car nobody's accountable nobody's doing anything about it there's no light nobody's doing anything about it Aguari just coming to be to apologize apologize so how do we move on what are you going to do there's, i'm a scientist there's always always a situation i'm sorry there's always a solution to any situation but these people lack they, they, they lack the capacity to do anything so it's really a very sad situation very very sad situation and it's going to get worse like Cheta said it's going to really get worse so what do we do how are we going to what do we do? It's, it's a very sad situation. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm stammering. I'm just trying to choose my words because the words I want to use are not nice. But <laughs> it's really, really seriously, the words I really want to use are, are not nice. That's why I'm like repeating myself and stammering. But it's really, really, we, I, I don't want to believe that this is Nigeria. I, I don't want to believe it that this is Nigeria. But I hope, you know, by praying country. I hope our prayers take us somewhere. Because at this point, we are on our own. That's just how it what it is. Can't you see how people beg on social media? You think the pe- people want to bring themselves down to beg? Wait for, what do they call it? Giveaway. People don't want to bring themselves, a, a human being is proud. A, a human being is naturally proud. I think for you to beg somebody for something, you're, I'm not trying to be proud. I, I just feel you're bringing yourself down. But if, at all, at all, there's nothing you can do. You beg. That's why people are begging, people are killing themselves. So there's crime, there's this, there's that. People enter, they're killing somebody inside inside a whole BRT. It's the poverty. And nobody, and the thing is that whoever is committing whatever crime knows that nobody's in charge, not to happen to them. It's really sad. At this point, people say Nigerians are always calling God. We are like orphans, we don't have anybody. It's only God that will come through for us. Imagine and telling us we, we, only $20 per, 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 per ATM transaction, international transaction. $20. Who could cancel the card now?
0: So, no, thank you, uh Chidi. I, I can feel your your anger and frustration. I I can only sympathize and you know
2: what uh, let hope- me tell you. Again. The my estate has spoiled. So oh, I'm sitting in my car making this conversation because I'm
0: fixing to get in my estate. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm terribly sorry to hear this, but uh, <laughs> but our time is up. I'm so...
2: here. <laughs> I'm sitting in my car.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I would send you some diesel from England if I could, but I don't think we will have. Do we have diesel here? Probably here uh, for. The... I think people like <laughs> people like Phoenix drives a. Range Rover SUV, so I'm sure Phoenix has diesel to send to you, but uh, anyway, our time is up, so I must thank you all for taking time out of your busy schedules to be here, thank you Chidi, thank you Cheta, thank you Phoenix, and thank you to our listeners for always being loyal and giving us helpful feedback, but until same time next week, I say have a fantastic seven days to everyone. Thank Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Chidi and Cheta, for
1: joining us. Uh,
2: thank good you, Cheta. I learned. I always learn from you.
0: Oh, thank you. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Have a good right, week. Bye. bye.